Podcasters. No, oh, oh, I can't say lady DJs. You can, I like it. Yeah, oh, no, I was just I like, like I was bolstering me. it. No, I was bolstering it. Maybe like, with I'm the just having meta- like, I'm projecting my own insecurities on you. Maybe. Right now. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Okay. I just want to make sure. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. We are here for Avery Flynn Week. Which we're Yay. really excited about. She wrote us a book called Balls Out. That cover is so gorgeous. It's it is beautiful. really gorgeous. I love it. Um, I love it. Like, it's cropped out, but the, the original stock photo has a girl with, like, cat ears on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I kind of yeah. wish, yeah, we maybe we could have, like, tapped Avery to, like, write it into the book if we'd known in advance. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, can you just She always comes that? up with good titles. She does have good titles. Yeah. They're always interesting and catch my eye. I like that. Well, I like that this one's a little tongue-in-cheek, too. Ball it out. is. <laughs> he is an ex-professional baseball player, and she is his wife. They got married in a quickie, like, Vegas ceremony, and now she wants to divorce his ass. So she goes to – he, like, runs a <laughs> fantasy baseball camp where, like, adults pay to, like, play with the pros for a week. I'm pretty sure it's real. I think those are real. That is real. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a camp for everything. I mean – you know, like even if you're an adult, they have rock star camp where you can go play. Like I think it, I think it was um, what band is it? The Who. Like Roger Daltrey has, I think, a fantasy camp for adults. But you, I mean, I'm sure it's probably a hundred thousand dollars. You, you go play with him for a week and learn all his secrets. But anyways, that has nothing to do with this Who's book. Roger Daltrey is <laughs> the lead singer of The Who. Okay, you said that. Sorry. So she goes to this fantasy baseball camp to serve him with divorce papers. And it's like, I, I won't spoil it, but it's really cute how she tries to do it. Pretty, pretty hilarious. I love it. So, yeah. Um, what week does this come out? What week is Avery Flynn air? I want to know. Like, I do believe it's the second week in July. Okay. Well, I'm taking my dad to Atlantic City at the end of July. And I'm so excited. I, I get to take him because I want to, I want to take him to a horse track. I don't know if he's ever bet on racehorses before, and I think he would get a like a really big kick out of it. So, because they just don't have those near us. They ha- like, do they have dog one tracks. in Atlantic City? Well, I think they have one in maybe it's in Jersey or something. Maybe I don't know. They definitely like, have one in New Jersey. Yeah, I looked up. I looked it up, but I keep thinking Atlantic City is in New Jersey, right? Yes. Okay, so they're not like too far. It always throws me off because Atlantic City, you can't fly into that. You have to either fly into Philadelphia uh-huh. or fly into Newark. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really confusing and then drive in. So, but yeah, I looked up racetracks in New Jersey and there were a couple. So I was like, okay, cool. So we're going to take him to that and have a good time. So. Yeah. Ask for recommendations on that. Cause you can get a real, you can get a <laughs> real okay. shitty racetrack or you can get like, I'm, I don't know if I ever told you this, but like I'm five minutes from Belmont racetrack. Oh, is that a nice one? Bel- yeah. They have the trip, like one of the triple the crown triple races. Crowns? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So it's real, like it's very nice. Oh, so and I should go to that one. Is that what you're saying? You should come to Belmont if you're going to go. Honestly, okay. they have, you know, like, my parents, who are real snobs, they go and they have like brunch there. 
they have dinner. They have like a really nice, they have a really nice restaurant, uh, restaurant options as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, like it's, it's just nice. And it's five minutes from my house. So you can come over and say hi. Oh, okay. I'm like, hi, this is my dad. <laughs> Let's go. I don't think I would care. He'd be like, all right. I know he would. My dad would be like, whatever. Like I, he's so down for anything. He's so chill. So yeah. Belmont's really nice. Actually, I don't know. Did I tell you guys that this every... This is a surprise, so nobody tell him, okay? So oh, okay. see my dad, don't tell him I'm taking to him. Nobody to friend him on Facebook and send him a message. He's not on Facebook. <laughs> he, he's, he goes through my mom's. Like, they, like, it's my mom's Facebook, but he logs on to her shit all the time and looks around at everybody. Like, it's his cute way of being on Facebook. <laughs> so they have, uh, they just had the Belmont race, I think it was two weeks ago, and... All these kids who were born in this town, it's a tradition. If you're born in this town, when you're like 18, 17, 18, 19, you do this walk down this like this main street in our town, dressed to the nines. It's like a parade of of college kids and high school kids just dressed to like their in, just like their absolute best bow ties and high heels and makeup and, hot. and it's so hot. <laughs> And they go into the back, they go in through the back gate in Belmont, which nobody knows about unless you live in this town. They go in through the back gate and they're all wasted, like wasted drunk. The young kids in town set up lemonade stands and brownie stands on that street and take advantage of all the drunk college kids (laughs) and walk away with like a hundred bucks a pot, like a a piece. Yeah. So Mackenzie, my daughter, she does that every year. And, um, did she get some cash? Yeah. So her and her friend like partnered up on a lemonade stand and they sing this song. They go, we go, they go, um, cookies and brownies and lemonade too. And like, they do like a dance in front of the stand. And so they get everybody, you know, they get everybody. That's That's adorable. Yeah. Most of the kids just are like, you know, they're drinking out of brown paper bags. So they're just like literally throwing fives at them and being like, you just keep it. Just keep it. <laughs> so that's uh, awesome. Can I she get wa- on this lemonade stand? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I said is like next year we should sell disposable flip flops to all oh, the stupid girls oh, wearing seven, oh seven inch heels God. on cobblestone. I- yeah, I've got that for you. Can we put Remy Remy inside? Let's brand this shit. No, <laughs> my girlfriend Jeanette has sent me them before. The disposable flip flops with Remy Romance on there. What? what? Yeah, no. she's like, wait, I can get you these. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. look it up. I'll find oh it. Oh my god! Yes. Wait a minute. You should. We giving those out of book signings to people whose feet are tired. Oh That's like genius. Me? Like like myself. No, she's. I, I'm gonna have to look through. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. idea. That's but awesome. I but I was like, we should just like glue on little horses and make them like you know Belmont oh, yeah. themed, yeah, and just make a killing because these girls, I mean, they start the day off they're looking beautiful, mm-hmm. but then you know by five o'clock they're ready to stab somebody with they're their shoe. Melted. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. So let's talk about Avery Flynn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna read. Here. I'm gonna read her bio. Avery Flynn is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling romance author. She has three slightly weird children oh sorry wild <laughs> so weird <laughs> Me too. Mine are weird as shit. <laughs> she has three slightly she, wild children. Well, if she says they're wild, she'd probably be okay with saying they're weird too. <laughs> probably. She'd be fine with it. Loves a hockey addicted husband and is desperately hoping someone invents the coffee IV drip. She was a reader before she was a writer and hopes to always be both. She loves to write about smart ass alpha heroes who are as good with a quip as they are with their ahem other God given talents. <laughs> 
<laughs> her heroines are feisty, fierce, and fantastic. Brainy and brave, these ladies know how to stand on their own two feet and knock the bad guys off theirs. Find out more about Avery on her website, AveryFlynn.com. Uh, that's A-V-E-R-Y-F-L-Y-N-N.com. Follow her on Twitter at Avery Flynn and join her street team, the Flynn Bots, to receive special sneak peeks, prizes, and early access to her latest releases. And if you figure out how to send Oreos through the internet, she'll be your best friend for life. <laughs> oh my so. God. She's Mel really, she's really sweet. I've known Avery Flynn for a long time, but I feel like we never like really sit down and talk talk. But she's... I remember her mostly from the Baltimore Book Festival because I believe she lives like within driving distance of Baltimore at least oh, okay. because most of I her friends do. Is she gonna be at the? Oh, that's what I can't. I don't think so. But huh. I feel like I would remember her because on whenever I see her face, she always reminds me of somebody. Or maybe it's because I've read her too. She's like, ha! I don't know. Yeah. She reminds me of somebody. I'm gonna look up like her pop picture, up. She's, there. she's really like, smart invisible. and really outgoing and like yeah. very down to earth. Like she makes you feel very comfortable right away. And that's why I thought I would remember meeting her because she would like. She pop reminds in my you head. of Renona Ryder. Is that who she reminds uh, you of? She looks uh, she looks like Winona Ryder to me. Like, young, uh, like, you know. Yeah, I guess. I hadn't thought about what she looked like. I don't like. think so. I know what she looks like. I don't know if I've met her. I see I, I see her picture, but I can't remember. Avery, if you're there, <laughs> say hi. Because this does air before that, at least. Definitely. Long before. Okay, so I asked... Okay, so the characters in this book are getting divorced. Can you guys think of any other books where the characters are, like, on their way to being divorced? Oh my god, I've read some There's really, a really good, good one. one. I know. There's and now I can't. Shit. You gave me fucking homework and I did that homework and you asked <laughs> and me no, this. this is a pop quiz. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is a pop quiz now. Get, yeah, Tessa literally gave us homework last night. She's like, by the way, I need you and guys to do not these it. three things for tomorrow. And yeah, this was not one of those things. But no, Mel, you have a really good recommendation on a divorce couple because you're like, if something happens and like, she sends them the pa- or she uh, either he or she sends the papers and that's what's like the catalyst like maybe they've been living apart or something like that but he hasn't that's not divorced yet that's where they were about they were engaged yeah oh okay okay and he's like i which i've recommended a hundred times where he she was like she went on a date Ooh. and that was his catalyst yeah but it was terrible he showed up like it's the first chapter it's ella fox and he's like Get up out of your chair. That's I'm right. That's the one. Well, wait. She's that was like, on. Wasn't that on the podcast? No, not, her, not, not that, that book. book. No. But yes, it was. I don't. I don't. Oh, that's yeah. cute. And it's like the first chapter. It's amazing. He shows up. It's. He's like, I'm done with your fit. Get up. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I'm not going. He's like, get up. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I let you do this for four or five months. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sweet that he's like, all right, I'll let you have your moment. It's over. With. It's over. That's finished. <laughs> now it's time to get back to me. Can you yeah. think of any, Leah? I can't. Like, off the top Great of my one. head. God damn it, Tessa. I have a really I'm sorry. Good one. I have one. I have one. Okay. And I have to, I'm just, I'm just well, looking fine. it up you right now. You go for it. You just go for it then. Go. Okay. Sorry. I'm looking it up right now <laughs> because I just, like, I want to read the blur because I don't think I'm going to get it right. Okay. I think it's called, oh, The Day of the Duchess by Sarah McLean. Okay. If you guys haven't read Sarah McLean, she writes historical. She's fucking fantastic. She's a genius. The book is called The Day of the Duchess. It's Scandal and Scoundrel book. It's book number three in that series. So she, so she has to like petition. I'm looking up the blurb because I'm going to just not do it justice. 
It was an Entertainment Weekly Best Book of Summer last year. So she, I believe she has to like petition like basically parliament to get a divorce. So she's like, yeah, she has to go in front of parliament and ask and like request a divorce. And he gives her a deal. Basically, you can have your freedom just as soon as you find your replacement. (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, And it's a really good book. Um. Everybody raves about it, and I, I can confirm it's it's fantastic. So every Duchess has her day uh, by Sarah McLean. If you want to read some historical romance, um, but they get down. it's them getting back together, right? Or no? Oh, they oh no, this is a happy ending. Oh. Yeah. Okay. No, no, so, no, I mean, no the she, main couple. I was asking if it's the couple. The yeah, husband and the wife. one she wants like, to divorce. Is it like they get back together? Oh, or for is sure. It something new. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. No, they get back together. He has to. He has to do some some like obviously it's like a, a book a, a lot a lot of groveling. <laughs> oh, I like. I that. love so, writing married books. I do too. I like him too. I have one coming out in January, which I feel like I've been telling Leah about forever. Which because one? Because it? it's oh that's a therapy I, one. Yeah, you dedicated it to Esther. I dedicated it to Esther Perel, marriage counselor extraordinaire. Yeah, it's she leaves him in the first chapter. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, he's obsessed. I he's obsessed like with her. You... you know, like he loves her, and it's just complicated. So I like it though. And he's been faithful. I like reading, but I like fluffy stuff. I like reading where they're in love and something just happens to them. Yeah, like I'm in the story. It's only like twenty thousand words. They're already in love, and just something happens. Yeah, I know what you mean. And they have to like face it together. Well, like we wrote one, the marriage bargain. No, 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 that's not it. What is it? What was the name of our book? Taking her turn, marriage bargain. Was it marriage bargain? What it? What's the plot? No, no, no. I don't know if that's the right title. Is the marriage bargain the right title? The marriage pact. No, marriage. marriage. No, the marriage bargain I, sounds right. No, I it feel like that's right. a different one. That someone else wrote. Maybe. Hold on. <laughs> the marriage. <laughs> the marriage bargain sounds like Jennifer Probst. I know, doesn't it? That's what I was thinking. Hold on, let me look it up. I have to, I have to look up our right own now. fucking book. Hold on. We have Jennifer Probst my did write the marriage bargain. <laughs> I know, right? Marriage but material. It's marriage material. But um, that's not the one I was thinking of. But that, that wrapped in my wife. Wrapped in my wife of. was the one I was thinking of. But I can't ever get the the cover marriage material won't ever come up in my head. But no, so yeah, the the wrapped in my wife one is like the kids go to school, like they go start kindergarten, and now she's left at home alone, and so she wants to have a life outside of that and like get a job. And the husband's just like he gets all in a fluff about it, like no, that you're my <laughs> wife. I don't want to share you. Well, with he anyone. pretends he pretends he's okay with it yeah he's like he's really cool with this and he's not he's like following her around and like watching her all day from outside the library where she got a job and stuff and he just keeps having sex with all the time because he's so angry <laughs> but it's like that like those i get like they're really cute but like there's so many there's so many books that are out there that are great. So if you've got a recommendation, let's put that in the Raid Me Romance headquarters, like start a thread for that, for like either married books or divorce books or something like that. Because, I mean, I know I've read so many and I just can't think because Tessa didn't give us any time, but um, like some of them are really angsty and, and good and like... um. Oh, gosh. The, uh, all right. So there's a series by R.K. Lily, um, the Tristan and Danica. And like that. That's angst. Oh, my God. It's so angsty. Like, it's, it's so, like, part of it was really hard to read because it just tore my heart out. Like, that, like, that's another one where it's like. <gasps> I know one. Oh, you found it? Okay, good. 
I, Lauren Donner has wrote with her before. Kelly. Oh, Kelly with Kelly Moon. Moon. Yeah. It's like K-E-L-E. Is that right? How it's you K-E-L-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. has yeah. one where he is the sheriff. Like, it's angsty too, but it's good angsty. Like, it's safe if anybody wants yeah. to know that. They're apart like 10 years and she's got to come back to town. Oh, shit. And it's, oh, it's so good. I'm trying to find it on her website now. What happened to Kelly Moon? Is she, I haven't yeah, seen her Yeah, she's still writing, right? Yeah, maybe I'm just writing. not, maybe, you know what, I think I just used to follow her on Twitter and nowhere else, and so now, now that I'm not on Twitter anymore, yeah. I am. Um, well, Lauren Donner will tag her every now and then on, like, Facebook posts or something, but, like, on Lauren's wall, you can't go on and, like, write something. She has that shut down. I don't know if she had a problem with people writing stuff or whatever, but every now and then, like, she'll tag Kelly in a, in a book that's coming out or when they wrote together. I can't find it up on her website. But I know that, like, she's an old school writer, and Loose ID went down and stuff like that. Yeah. So it might be, like, I have a, in the shift. I have a paperback of one of hers that I got at a book signing. Like, she was there at a book signing, and I got him that way. It's out. Sorry. Crossing the line. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm going to have to read that. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Oh, no way. Is it in audio? Can you tell? No, I do not see it in audio. It's long, but it's good. Oh, you anybody who likes to read, it goes back and flashes to them as kids. Oh, so him, okay. like, falling in love with her when they're little and her being like, we can't be together. And he's like, okay, we're going to be together Aww. all through high school and stuff. It's really sweet. I like that. So they get married and then they're not married. That's what the book says. They starts. get married. Yeah. It, it starts with her getting pulled over. He's the sheriff. Her, her car breaks down. She's back We got town. one of those books. <laughs> that's terrible. That's a, that's a forced submission. It doesn't go one. that way. <laughs> okay, so the other thing I asked you guys... The other thing I asked you guys to do was... Oh, um, you mean the thing you asked us to do. The thing I... Yeah, the thing I asked you to do. the other thing. Is we've recommended a lot of books on the podcast. Like, I, I asked um, Leah and Mel to come up with a book that they'd never recommended before on the podcast that they want to recommend to you guys so who would like to who would like to start start because i don't know i I think mel's going to be able to back me up on this so i when i first started reading romance one of the very first books i ever read was called weekend weekends required by sydney landon where it was the secretary i think it was like the secretary in the office i know right but the reason i remember this series is because doesn't she have like a chubby sister in it and like yeah like the like somebody gets her pregnant or something Uh like that and it's like that one's kind of like a little angsty too i just remember like loving this series so much so the first one is called weekends required and it's like your classic romance where it's just that's like, what i was gonna say it kind of reminds me of like harlequin but yeah. updated back well updated seven years ago whenever we were yeah it was out. 2012 so yeah so i remember we both i think we read it when it first came out was that a brazen oh it may have I don't been think so i can no way it says this something hold on i don't know it's a it publisher might... book but yeah i don't think it's a brazen I don't think it's a brazen cover. It may have been at one time, but maybe they're they're self published now. Oh, it's with Berkeley now. Yeah, so. I remember it's published, and I remember because it was one I got it like an advanced copy. Okay, so what? Tell us what it's about. Okay, I'm gonna I'll read the blurb for um, Weekends Required. This is the f- book one in the Danvers series, and I want to say there's four books. Oh, I see six now. So they've expanded it since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
To support her ailing mother, Claire is forced to work a second job as a party planning company. When her handsome boss ends up with a front row seat to the action, she's mortified and he's intrigued. With Danvers International in the middle of an important merger, Jason asks Claire to accompany him on weekend business trips. And suddenly all her fantasies are coming true. Her outspoken best friend thinks that getting a little executive attention will solve everything. But Claire sees more of more in Jason than just sex. Jason is determined to know how the beautiful, sexy woman in the cake could always be a be his could also be his mousy assistant. The more time they spend together, the more he realizes how much fun it can be to mix business with pleasure, and how much he wants to offer her a happily ever after of her own. I forgot about that. So she go she um takes a second job or something like that in party planning, and she's inside a cake, and she jumps out of the cake, and he's there, and he's like. You know, like fuck this, and he or whatever, and like the next day, like I guess he he tells her like, all right, you've got to work nights and weekends and all this stuff, so that she can't go and do the cake thing again, because he's like super jealous that she's doing that or whatever. And so then the second book is not planning on you, and I think that's for her. That's her best friend, and like it's like that was the one that had the old cheetah print cover. It was so bad. <laughs> like the girls were in like a cheetah print bra. <laughs> but um it was so terrible but it's like her best friend's kind of mouthy and i loved her and then eventually i think the sister gets her book too and that's the fall for me i think it's the third but i just remember reading those and just being like this is it was just perfect so weekends uh, not been, required by sydney weekends required weekends required by, by sydney landon <gasps> and it's spelled s-y-d-n-e-y landon l-a-n-d-o-n so yeah that's my recommendation. Just like uh, like Mel said, I just surfed back through my Kindle and I was like, you know, what's something that made me fall in love with romance? And these were so long ago that like, I don't, I, I don't know anybody would be into these still. I don't know. Like if it's, I don't know. I'm anxious to hear somebody who's going to read it now and see if it holds up. So if you get this book and read it, tell me if it's still as wonderful as I remember. Okay. Let us know, guys. I'm going to go with, I picked an author. Instead of one book, but I'll recommend a book to start with. I picked Sarah Curtis for mine because I feel like she's not talked about enough. Yeah. She doesn't write a ton. I feel like you... She writes like one book a year, but I always read her. It's always good. It's always alpha male and it's just like she's a safe place for me. She has a book called Alluring. That was her first book she ever released. And I read that one. And I was like, I need more of you. And so I started stalking her on social media and stuff. So I can grab whenever she's released. But like I said, she doesn't release that often. So you kind of forget about her. Like she had to message me a little while back. Said, hey, I'm having a new book out. I'm like, thanks for messaging me. I could have just totally missed it. If she, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just not that often. Is she somebody you follow on like her newsletter or like on social media or does she even post that stuff? Does she have, like, a website? I follow her on my personal page, like, friend account. That's how I follow her. But she has, that first book is alluring, and it's very, like, billionaire meets cocktail waitress meets he wants her instantly. Yeah, If you like Alexa Riley, you'll eat it up, and it's Kindle Unlimited, and then you'll go on a nice binge. And if she's new to you, it'll be nice, because then you'll have, like, eight or nine books to read. Oh, that's awesome. Are they so, long or are they short? Yeah, they're longer. They're not super long. I would guess like 200 pages. Oh, that's not bad at all. So like 3,000, 4,000 location count? I just realized the one I recommended was 300 pages. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's that. It is on audio, though. I did check on that. It is an audio. 
So what are you going to suggest? Tessa? Well, I had a book all picked out and then I went to uh, Amazon and it's not it's not it's not available on any webs. It's not available on any retailers except for an audio or paperback. Is it an older author? Like I wondered if like maybe they were through like the loose idea or Laura's cave or something where the book got. Well, I thought that I think this was a self-published book from Carrie Quinn. K R I kiss K A R. C A R I Q U I N N Carrie Quinn, and she wrote a book called Shadow Boxer. And that sounds so familiar. What's it about? Both the hero and the heroine are MMA, MMA fighters. Ooh. Yeah, and. It's like kind of dark, super angsty, but so sexy and Look so on your Kindle romantic. Mail. I want to know if you've read this. I've read this, I think. Yeah. Um, I remember re- recommending it when it came out. I think I might have cover quoted it actually for Carrie. And um like I I just I like I I still think about that book like once a week. And I can't find it, but it's in it's an audio. It's gotta be out somewhere. I looked I on her website. It's not even listed on the website. And can somebody co- talk to Carrie Quinn? <laughs> tell yeah, her, can somebody tell check her to get in, in touch her? with me? Yeah, check in on her, see if she's okay. But okay, hold on. It says it's on Amazon, or is this just the paperback? You said it's just the paperback, or um, or the audio book. And the audio book, um, I'm okay is... with an audio book. It's narrated by Maybe Kai Kennick. Maybe she's Kenick. about to re-release it or something. Yeah. Oh, Rainbow Rage Publishing. Oh, that's the audiobook. Okay, Wen Ross and Kai Kennicott um, are the narrators in the audiobook. But it's basically, okay, so she's in the fight for the life, for of her life with the man who only wants to be her lover. Fighter Mia Anderson has faced the dark side of life and survived. But it, but just getting by is no longer enough to fund her new life with her baby sister. She's determined to beat the reigning king of the male fighters in New York's underground MMA circuit. Shit. So she's she's actually um, on to she's like going to fight the hero in a in a. Damn. But they fall. But they fall in love first, and oh. it's oh my god. And first, and she writes MMA win? really authentically. <laughs> like it's a really you know painful dirty sport like it's you get hurt you know and it's like very competitive but anyways it's a fantastic book and it's not on amazon in, in ebook so i i also brought a movie recommendation which i feel like nobody has seen this movie and everybody has to go watch it go see okay go watch safety not guaranteed right now it's wait, 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 my which favorite one? No, 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 i've seen that one that's where the guy puts the ad in the paper or is it Paul yes Rudd? yes yes i've seen that it's really good it's so good. Aubrey Plaza, who you know is April Ludgate from Parks and Recreation. Yeah. She's in it. She plays like the the heroine, if you will. Although, okay, so this guy puts a ad in the newspaper and he's like, we're going to, he's like, we're getting, he's like, we're getting he's it. We're building traveler. a time machine. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, if you want to join me, like, I'm right here. Just safety is not guaranteed. Your safety is not guaranteed. So like she works for she's a journalist so they go and find this guy hoping it's going to drum up a good story but just and it's it's just amazing you have to just go watch it i cheer at the end of this movie and cry i love it I so love much it. oh that's great so, yeah, so, you that's were, my so you watched it and you were like everybody needs to see this everybody needs to watch safety not guaranteed i i i think it's been out for five years but mm-hmm. i recommend it well, i like it Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like it. It's really You will cute. like it. Okay. What's next on the agenda? 
Oh, I had a question. I wanted to say, um, what do your desks look like? Because so Eagle and I were talking the other day and she was like, send me a video of Blueberry, my dog. And so I know I haven't talked about her much lately, but she's doing great for anybody that wants to know. She's, she's growing and she snores really, really loud. So I took a video the other day of her snoring beside me and like, I just happened to like sweep the camera back across my desk and Eagle was like, holy shit, why is your desk so organized? And I was like, I can't work in chaos. If my desk is messy, like, pack it in. I'm not doing anything else. Like, I realize I I don't, I may not be the most, um, what do you say? Like, what? I'm curious what you're gonna say. (laughs) Like, I was saying, I might not be the most, um, efficient person or the... Okay, I thought you were gonna say, like, clean and organized. I was like, wait a second. No, no, (laughs) no. Like, I might not be, like, the most, the person who works the most, what, most hardworking person out of the three of us, um, when it comes to word count, (laughs) but I will say... I can't do anything unless my desk is organized. Like, it's just, it drives me insane. Like, I'll just look at it, and I'm like, well, this is not going to work. So, sometimes I I don't have a choice. I think we've talked about it before, though. Like, Tessa and I get bogged down, like, by the big task. we got to get those big ones done. But you can get all those little ones done that we are, like, sets there for five million years. That's absolutely true. Yeah. 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 I do all the little shit and I don't take care of the big shit. The big shit. Like you sending out swag or like prizes, like that has such a mental mountain for me. Like I did it yesterday. I was like, okay, I'm going to take 15 minutes. I'm going to pack up all these books I gave away (laughs) on release week and I'm going to send them out. And it like once I did it, I felt like a weight had been lifted off my chest. Like, <laughs> and I was like, why didn't I just do that sooner? You but know, like, see, like it really... I went to the post office twice yesterday. Like yeah, it just no. does not faze me. Like I'm like, oh, another Hate package. It. That's fine. Like you know. Hate it. So my so uh, my weird. desk has my desk is semi organized. It's never like a disaster, but it's um it's definitely not. I wouldn't say it's it's neat, but What's... I do have a hand massager on there from. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Is that, I know, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> yeah, it's from Sharper Image. You stick your hand in it and it like does, it massages your hand with like air compression. What? Like yeah. it's a legit hand massager. It's a legit hand massager. Fuck my you, par- I want one. My no, parents got it for me. Put that on my Christmas list. Wish, wish <laughs> list. Write that down, Mel. Sometimes I stick my hand in it just to make, like force myself to stop and think about what I'm writing and like figure out where I'm going, you know? So like, I'll, oh, like with my idea. hand stuck in there, like I can't type yeah. <laughs> for five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Or you can't pick so. up your phone and get distracted. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. It wasn't that. I feel like it was only like a you know like for a for a for a birthday present. Yeah, like I don't feel yeah, like it was a, a nice huge gift. thing. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have bought it for myself, but they bought it for me. Mel, buy that for yeah. me. I've got an aromatherapy <laughs> thing on there and what, just stacks that, of papers. Well, my question was, what was going to be the most unusual thing on your desk? But obviously, the hand massager. <laughs> so, Mel, what is your what's the most unusual thing on your desk? Or in it, I guess. That counts, too. Um, my desk is pretty simple. I don't keep a lot of things on it, but I rock two monitors at all times. Why do you do that? I don't know. It's just something I have always... I've done it since back when I was accounting and stuff like that. But I have one over here with, like, Photoshop, and I just do five million things at once. Yeah. Do you so, feel like an air traffic controller? Have- <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have two it's- keyboards for that? I do have, well, technically, everything is hooked up to my Alienware laptop. Mm-hmm. So, it, I have, the laptop is a keyboard. I don't use it. Mm-hmm. 
I use my own keyboard. Oh, okay. She's not lying when she says she does 9 million things at once because as she was talking just now, I got a text message with the flip-flops she was talking about <laughs> earlier. Where she sent us a picture of them while she was talking. I know, and she's probably downloading, like, photos right now, too. Like, for stock images. Yeah. She's, like, so always gotta be doing it. stuff. So I need all the screens I can get. You gotta keep yourself busy. Mel yes, Mel does not work well on Idol. She's like, "What do I do? What is what's gonna happen?" I'm like, "Here, Mel, let me show you the way. Just lay." <laughs> I tell her, "I'm like a border collie. I have to run myself down." You do. What kind of dog would you be, Tessa? If you were, if you were had to compare yourself to the personality of a dog. I don't know. What's the most anxiety-ridden, nervous, neurotic dog there is? Border collie. <laughs> no, border collies are just energetic. They have too much energy. They're so smart. And they have too much energy. I'd be I, a cocker spaniel or something. No, you'd be like, so I kind of like in a way I could see you being like a beagle because they're like, they're, they're pack animals. They don't do well solo. Like if you get a beagle, they usually tell you to get two because they just don't, they don't thrive well by themselves. And they're really busy. They're really mouthy. Like they talk, they communicate like talking to you, like barking and stuff. Like, I could see you doing that. They're super energetic, like I said, and they're just, like, they're fun dogs, though. And they're really sweet. Okay. I could see you being like that. All right. What would you be? Um, What's the most beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> A poodle? No. I'd be, so, I, I wouldn't want to admit this, but I'd probably be, like, a pug where they are literally a purposeless dog. They were bred to be lap dogs. They were, they were bred to be just companions. That's all they were bred to do. They don't work. They don't herd. They don't, like, retrieve. They don't do any of that. All they do is lay. That, that'd probably be me. <laughs> I can get down with being a pug. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. Should we just jump into this? What do you think? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, that's fine. We'll just do what you want to do now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we are going to play the first the first couple chapters of Balls Out by Avery Flynn, and we'll catch up with you guys on the other side. Bye. Bye. Chapter One. Aria Green Bolston just might end up in jail in order to make it happen, but today was the day her soon-to-be ex was finally going to sign their divorce papers. That was the only thing that could have dragged her out of Washington, D.C. to the sticks of Salvation, Virginia, population 12. This morning, she'd gotten the heebie-jeebies when she'd driven through town, with its handful of stoplights and postcard adorable shops on Main Street. It had that quaint, sweet vibe that reminded her too much of her hometown, population one whacked-out cult. Aria knew firsthand exactly what kind of ugly was lurking behind all that pretty. If it hadn't been for her ex's six-month refusal to sign the divorce papers, she would have turned right back around and headed back to the city. Instead, she stood elbow to elbow with a bunch of strangers, each of whom was, like her, pressed against the chain-link fence of a minor league ball field. They were all watching for a glimpse of Jace, Balls Balston at his fantasy baseball camp. A clump of middle-aged men and a few women in baseball uniforms circled the pitcher's mound. 
Each had paid thousands to play ball for a week with one of their baseball heroes. Spotting Jace wasn't hard. Three years out from playing in the bigs, and he still looked like a ball player. Tall, broad-shouldered, muscular, and with warm olive skin that made the dark brown of his eyes even more arresting. The man was enough to make a good woman go bad. Look away, Arya. Look away. But she couldn't. Not even when he broke off from the people on the mound and started walking toward the fence. She pulled the brim of the grimy old baseball hat she'd found squashed in a corner of the hall closet lower over her face. If this desperate plan was going to work, he couldn't know it was her. Which explained why she was in a t-shirt that was three sizes too big and wearing non-ironed jeans. Luckily, she was so used to pulling her hair back into an unforgiving ponytail that she'd been able to manage that in the car at one of the town's few stoplights. The nearer Jace got to their little scrum on the other side of the fence, the more people started pushing to get closer to the fence. At this rate, she was going to have a chain-link pattern of bruises across her stomach and boobs from being trapped between the fence and the crowd, but she wasn't giving up her spot at the front. An almost buzzing excitement spiked the air as everyone started calling his name. That lazy smile of his, the one that had made a quickie marriage in Vegas seem like the right, if completely out of character, decision, curled one side of his mouth upward. And for one brief shining moment, she was glad she was wearing matching underwear. Girl, stop. Divorce first, battery-operated friend-provided orgasms second. No fucking the soon-to-be ex. Hey, balls, one of the many waiting women called out as she thrust her chest out. Would you sign my shirt? Next time, Tanya, Jace said, the aw shucks country boy thick in his voice. Looks like we have newbies here today. He stopped in front of a high school boy who was rocking a peach fuzz mustache and trying to look unaffected by Jace. You play? Jace asked as he took the kid's ball and signed it with a sharpie he'd pulled from his back pocket. The kid nodded about a thousand times in 14 seconds. First base, like you. Maybe even better than me someday. He handed the kid back his ball. Keep practicing, listen to your coaches, and keep your grades up. There's lots of life left after baseball. He took a quick selfie with the kid, who'd given up any pretense of being chill, and moved on down the line, spending a few minutes with each person, working the crowd like a politician angling for votes. The closer he got to where she stood, the harder she gripped the clipboard in her hands, and the louder she heard her pulse pounding in her ears. It was a flippin' gong show in her head by the time he was only one person away from her, and the clipboard was shaking in her grasp. Why him? Why was he the one who made her question everything? She hadn't escaped from under her family's iron thumb, just to lose all her hard-won confidence at the feet of a hot guy who just happened to be her husband. Divorce was the only option to regain her equilibrium, and he'd dodged her lawyer for months, and she was done with it, 
Well, what do we have here? He asked when he stopped in front of her. Not even a glimmer of recognition in his dark eyes. Jace took the clipboard from her hands, his fingers touching hers for half a heartbeat, more than long enough to send a skittering jolt of there go my panties through her whole body. She should have said something, but her mouth refused to cooperate. Instead, she stayed silent as he looked over the sheet of paper that looked like a crafter's delight on steroids. Washi tape dotted with little heart-shaped baseballs secured multiple photos of Jace in his playing days that she'd torn out of old magazines. Then there were the brightly colored and removable pom-poms, cutesy die-cut baseball images stuck on with temporary tape, and so many baseball-related stickers that needed only to be exposed to a little steam to come right off. The entire page was covered except for one single spot, the signature line of their divorce papers. She held out the blue ballpoint pen she'd brought, making sure to keep her face angled down and the cap pulled low. You can sign it right there with this. Chase made a non-committal grunt as he tucked the clipboard under one arm and took off his hat. How about I sign this instead, and you give me the one you're wearing? He stepped close to the fence, reached across, and lifted the hat from her head. It always was my favorite. I'd searched everywhere for it before we... He paused, the line of his jaw going tight. Well, before. Where'd you find it, Arya? It was just words but somehow it managed to feel like a touch. Disconcerting? Oh my God, yes. But it was always like this with him, and it wasn't fair. She held up the pen again. Sign the papers, Jace. I'll get around to it. The tightness in his jaw loosened, and he transformed before her eyes into the practically patented, laid-back, cocky charm of Balls Balston former first baseman and Hall of Fame shoe-in, before one motorcycle ride changed everything. What's your hurry? I'm getting married. Okay, she wasn't, but he didn't need to know that. His eyes went hard. You're already married. Not for long. There, that almost sounded confident. That damn grin of his made another appearance, and the churn in her gut confirmed. She was in trouble. You mean you won't be married to me for long because you're going to marry this other guy? Chase said with a chuckle. Does he live in Canada by any chance and that's why he isn't here? Of course, he saw right through her. He had since the first time they'd met in his agent's office. Still, she wasn't about to admit the fib because she was ready to commit to just about anything to get him to sign the papers so her life could get back to normal where she was in control. She tapped the clipboard with her pen. Sign the papers, Jace. He looked down at the ridiculously decorated paper and then back up at her with a whole lot of ornery on his face. Later. Then he turned and strolled away with her clipboard still tucked under his arm. 
grungy old ball cap now on his head, and disappeared through a door in the dugout. The people around her let out a collective, disappointed sigh and started toward their cars in the Salvation Angels baseball stadium parking lot. Of all the pig-headed, stubborn, I-don't-need-to-listen-to-you-things-the-man-had-ever-done-in-their-three-weeks-of-actual cohabitation, this was the worst. The worst. He had the damn divorce papers, and he'd all but patted her on the head and told her to go on her merry way. Heat steamed its way up from some eternally pissed-off part of her soul. Oh, hell no. She gave the fence a tug. It seemed solid enough. There's got to be a way to get in there. I wouldn't do that if I was you, said the woman who'd asked Jace to sign her shirt. Hud over there is usually on the lookout for that kind of thing. Aria looked over toward the dugout. A guy the size of a small redwood tree, who was wearing a T-shirt with security written across, gave off the vibe that he was most definitely interested in squashing any shenanigans, or even the thought of them. So what are my options, she asked. The woman lifted one shoulder and let it drop. Unless you've got a ticket to the fantasy baseball camp, I'd say you're out of luck. Balls comes and goes from back there. She nodded her chin toward the private parking lot off to the left that was behind a super high gate. But it's nearly impossible to get in. Aria did a quick scan of the place, but the other woman seemed to be right. You seem to have really scoped the place out. The woman grinned, her entire face lighting up. Everyone's gotta have a hobby. That left only one way in, and she didn't like it, not one bit. So how do I get a ticket to camp? Despite the ache in his hip that screamed for an ice bath, Jace maintained his practice amble through the hall leading from the dugout to the locker room. He didn't change his pace when he walked through the locker room, and just waved at the fantasy camp players taking selfies in front of their lockers, and went into his office where he shut the door behind him. Only then did he give in to the adrenaline shot he downed as soon as he'd seen Arya and that pitiful excuse of a disguise and throw his arms up in victory. She was here. It had taken months, but Arya was here, and everything was going according to plan. He crossed over to the window, not bothering to hide his limp since he was alone, and looked out. A scrum of fans by the fence line had mostly broken up, but there was not missing Arya. Whatever he couldn't see from this distance, his memory filled in, providing a clear picture of his wife, from her snarky glare, to the large space between her two front teeth, to the way she managed to make those baggy jeans look good. Everything about her was perfect, or close enough to it to knock him back on his heels like a warning pitch from a ticked-off opponent. The rap on his door came a second before it opened, and Hud Bowden walked in. Hud? One of his oldest friends sat down on the folding chair that served as the only space for a guest to sit, crossed his arms that were still the same size they'd been when he was being scouted by the college football powerhouses, and delivered his signature you're-so-fucked look. There is no way this is gonna work, Hud said. Jace let the words roll around in his head for a second, but shoved them back out into the ether. You don't know, are you? Ever think that you don't either? Hud snorted. 
You knew each other on a professional basis only for a year since she worked for your agent. Then we're married and living together for all of a minute, and now she's had divorce lawyers on you for the past six months. But she doesn't want alimony or a monetary settlement at all. And if it had just been about her bank account, then she would have. And that's your sign that she's still feeling for you. Jay sat down at his banged-up desk, the one he thought it would be years before he ended up behind. Nah, I just know. Walk me through that one, Mr. All-Knowing, because it sounds like some kind of stupid-ass insta-love bullshit to me. You need to stop reading so many romances to be using terms like that. The big guy might not admit it in public, but his Kindle was pretty much all shapeshifters falling in love. The H-E-A, as Hudnaw called it. I like them, Hud shrugged his shoulders. They relax me. Jace ran his thumb across the brim of his favorite hat. One he'd sorta, kinda, on purpose, left behind when Arya had asked him to move out. How could he explain that being with her was like hitting the sweet spot? Like hearing the crack of the bat and knowing it was a grand slam. Like making the catch no one thought was possible. You remember back in the day when you knew as soon as you walked into a locker room whether you were gonna win or lose? He kept his gaze on the hat, his heart hammering against his ribs. That X was something in the air that... Nobody said a damn thing about what we all felt. Yeah, Hud said with the kind of respect their memories of that moment deserved. That's what it was like when I met Arya. He looked up at one of his oldest friends, and for once let that easy-going, ah, shucks mask he wore slip. I just knew. Hud sighed, his mouth twisting into a sympathetic grimace. Well... Now you know that she wants a divorce. Admitting defeat went against every competitive bone in his body, even the ones that had been crushed and rebuilt after the accident. I just need time to convince her to give us another shot. Balls. She knows her own mind. You need to accept that. Your wants are not more important than hers. I'm not saying they are. Fuck, I'm not that much of an asshole, he said gripping the hat as if it were a talisman that had brought her back into his world for one last swing at the plate. Forty-eight hours. If after that she still wants me to sign, I'll do it. Hud gave him a look that was a half-and-half half mix of pity and disbelief. Just remember that when all this goes sideways that I tried to tell you. Not gonna happen, he said, pushing away any hint of doubt. When you know, you know. The last time he hadn't followed his gut was the night he'd killed his career. That prickly sensation that marched its way down his spine the minute he'd gotten on his Harley and made a run down Highway 35. He'd ignored it. Right up until the moment the 16-year-old kid texting and driving nearly smashed right into him. He'd managed to avoid the worst of it, but he'd still skidded down the highway, half under his bike. He hadn't lost his leg, but he'd screwed up his hip enough that sliding into home base was never going to happen again. He'd learned a very valuable lesson during the seemingly never-ending rehab, not to ever ignore that sixth sense ever again. When he'd run into Aria the day he'd gotten the all-clear from his physical therapist, and everything inside him went still with recognition of that missing part of himself, he hadn't ignored it. He sure as hell wasn't going to ignore it now. Arya was his wife, and he was going to convince her to stay that way. Chapter 2 
Arya liked baseball pants on the boys of summer. On herself? Yeah, she was definitely not digging the ass exposure as she walked through the hall leading from the locker room to the field. Walking through the dugout, she crunched sunflower shells under her keds before coming to a stop in front of the equipment cubby and grabbing a glove, helmet, and bat. The hulking guy at registration had made it clear there was one way and only one way to get to Jace, and that was to not just pay for registration, but to actually participate in the camp, which was the only reason she was doing this. And with any luck, salvation would be a speck in her rearview mirror before sunset. All 20-ish of her fellow campers, otherwise known as accountants with a dream, were already gathered near home plate, where Jace was offering advice about correct batting form. The hot July sun beat down on her as soon as she stepped out from the shaded dugout and on the diamond's meticulously maintained grass. However, that wasn't what had her using the mitt as a fan. Damn her mutinous body. Her hot flash was all because of Jace. Just like she could always recall the lyrics of an old favorite song she hadn't heard for years when it came on the radio. She couldn't see the man without her body remembering how it felt when he touched her. Even worse, she couldn't block out how much she wanted to feel it again. This was why she'd tried to do everything through lawyers. Breathing the same air as Jace was nothing but delicious, pheromones-inducing, brain-melting, hormones-gone-haywire sexual frustration. Push past it, Aria. His dick isn't magic, even if his tongue might be. She shivered despite the heat, but kept moving forward. The man had the divorce papers in his hands, and she was going to get them back, signed. Too bad the paperwork wasn't literally in his hands at the moment. That would have made life too easy. And who the hell wants that? Me. She stopped on the edge of the scrum around Jace, figuring she'd hang back, observe, and plot her way to victory. The second her soon-to-be ex spotted her and the side of his mouth kicked up, she knew all the way down to her maid of coal heart that wasn't going to happen. Everyone, Jace said, flicking the switch on his accent that seemed to come and go depending on what he needed. Say hi to our latest player, my wife, Arya. Asshole. He knew exactly what that growly dropped R's and G's did to her. It was the impetus of so many orgasmically good bad ideas. But Jace wasn't the only one who could add a little honey to make the sour sweeter. She gave her best, oh, you sweet oaf, sympathy smile, cocking her head to one side. Aren't you cute? But don't worry, I'm here to get you to sign those papers and fix that. Okay, judging by the uncomfortable silence and the way everyone got super fascinated with their shoes, Maybe she couldn't carry off the charm offensive. How about we take a little batting practice, he asked, releasing the group's tension. Mike, why don't you take the first half of the batters, and then Sarah, you can pitch the second round, so both of you get a chance to bat. 
The guy who had to be Mike peeled off from the group and went to the mound. Everyone else strolled behind the backstop net behind home plate. She was about to follow them when Jace stepped in front of her. Why don't you give it a try first, he asked. His gaze traveled down her, tangible as a touch, and her lungs stopped functioning. Breathing? Who in the hell needed to do that when Jace Balston was looking at you like he was remembering exactly what it was like between them when they were both naked? She tightened her grip on the bat, needing that little touchstone to keep her tethered to the here and very much still dressed now. I'm not actually here to do any of this. I guessed that, he said, snagging the mitt from her grasp and tossing it behind home plate. But since you're here and looking so good in what you once told me were your favorite kind of pants, you might as well take a swing, as long as it's not at me. It wasn't the worst idea in the world, not the knocking him in the head idea, but the staying at the camp idea. Really, what was a day in the big picture of it all as long as they walked away divorced after this? Then you'll sign the papers, she asked swapping out her cap for the batting helmet. He nodded, right after camp. No way, she said, probably louder, but that idea was just ludicrous. That's a week. I'll give you two days, and then you sign on the dotted line. Two days? Here? Girl, what are you doing? She regretted the words almost as soon as they were out, but there was no way to wish them out of existence, unfortunately. She just had to brazen this out as if it had been her plan all along. Her weird, makes-no-sense plan to get her husband to sign divorce papers by attending his fantasy baseball camp. The whole thing was ridiculous. But here she was, and she was going to own it. Holding out her hand, she lifted her chin and looked him dead in the eyes. Deal? How could I refuse you anything? He clasped her hand and shook it. By the time she realized the error of her ways, it was too late. The jolt of electricity just from such a simple touch went straight through her, jacking up her pulse and making her nipples pebble under the lace of her bra. From the outside, it probably looked like an ordinary handshake, but it wasn't. Nope. It was a challenge, a promise, and foreplay all rolled into one. And for the first moment since she drove into salvation, she wondered if she'd made a mistake. After two hours of watching Arya smash the ball while she ignored him, Jace knew he needed to bring in the big guns, or in this case, the most powerful grumpy old lady in salvation. Ruby Sue sat on a lawn chair, eyeballing everyone with the unabashed glee of a town gossip with a bunch of new subjects to wheedle until she'd find out every last detail about their lives. Then she'd tell them exactly where they went wrong and what they should be doing now, especially when it came to matchmaking. The woman had worked her magic on all three of the sweet triplets, and that had been no small feat. Ruby Sue was the Babe Ruth of getting shit done when it came to coupling up. She was exactly who he needed fighting on his side right now. Hey there, Ruby Sue, he said, leaning down, way down, 
to give her a kiss on the cheek, and then pointed to the table set up in front of the dugout loaded with individual brown bag lunches for the campers. Please tell me there's pecan pie with all this. Ruby Sue and the restaurant she'd owned for the past forever, the kitchen sink, were renowned statewide for her pie. People had tried to beg, borrow, and bribe their way into getting the recipe. As far as he knew, she hadn't told a soul. His hope was that after this camp, the pie's reputation would only grow. One of the things Jace had sworn to himself that he'd do when he created a baseball fantasy camp in the small town of Salvation was to bring attention to the folks here working their tails off. From Ruby Sue and her pie, to the Sweet Salvation Brewery and their award-winning craft brews, to the new chocolatier on Main Street, the town had a lot to offer. If he could help add to their business's bottom lines, then he would be finally given back to the place that had given him his start and supported him throughout his career. And when it had all gone wrong. Of course there's pie, Ruby Sue said, looking at him like he just dropped a pop-up fly that would have been the third out in the ninth inning of the seventh game of the World Series. Now, where's this wife of yours? Jace looked around, as if he had been tracking her since she walked away from home plate. Arya was right where he'd last spotted her, sitting on the grass outside of the third base foul line eating lunch with a few of the other players. He nodded his head in her direction. She's over there. The cute brunette talking to that man whose sneakers kept coming untied every time he came up to bat? Yup. Chaz Edelman was a real-life nuclear scientist and knew everything there was to know about jazz, but couldn't keep his shoes tied to save his life. Ruby Sue narrowed her eyes. Why isn't she over here? And here's where the work came in. He had to play it right if he was going to get Ruby Sue's help. A contrarian at heart, he had to intrigue her without calling up her prickly side. I think she's avoiding me. And he left it at that. No further explanation, no sad sack expression, just a fact. Okay, he added a small sigh. He couldn't help himself. He'd always loved to tempt a pitcher into throwing inside because he'd had the audacity to get his toes right up on the plate during an at-bat. The older woman sat back and tucked a curly gray hair that had dared to slip free from her bun behind an ear. What did you do? Move back home to salvation. He glanced back at Aria, who was laughing with Sarah Stein as they devoured their slices of pecan pie. She looked completely at home there, sitting on the grass, which made her reasoning for wanting the divorce even harder to understand. She's a city girl, and her job's there. Yeah, there was more to it, but Ruby Sue didn't need song and book to get on board. And that's why she wants the divorce? Her job? Partly. I think she's a little freaked out that she let herself do something a little wild, like get married after only dating for a few weeks. Arya would probably categorize getting married on a whim as more than a little wild. An office manager who kept color-coded spreadsheets to track everything at the sports management company she had told him that she'd always planned everything, right up until he asked her out on a date. You know, there's a fine line between too much and not enough when it comes to being wild. Ruby Sue took a sip from her plastic cup that everyone in town knew was filled with more sugar than iced tea. We both know where you fall on that line. Yeah, he hadn't gotten the nickname Balls for baseball. He had always been up for anything. 
I thought you loved me for doing the unexpected. Jace Boston, you've been like a grandson to me since your dad first brought you into the diner for pie to cheer you up after you'd struck out repeatedly at your first t-ball game. But I gotta tell you, sometimes doing the unexpected is the most expected thing you can do. It's possible to get in a rut of wildness just like anything else. That just didn't make sense, but he was too smart to argue. Everyone in town knew it never did any good. Time to swing for the fences. I need your help, Rubisu. She took another long sip of her sweet tea before answering, You know that I don't get involved in other folks' business. How he managed not to laugh at that, he had no clue. I was hoping you might make an exception. Arya and I are perfect for each other. I just need a little help convincing her of that. Ruby Sue scoffed. Would have thought you'd have done that before the wedding. She let out a long-suffering sigh, and turning her attention to his wife and hollering loud enough to be heard three counties away, Arya Boston, are you gonna make an old woman walk, or are you gonna come over here and say hello? Now Arya knew what it was like to feel like a prized heifer at the county fair. Getting inspected by Ruby Sue was kind of like that, with the added unexplainable feeling that the older woman could see just about everything Arya was trying to hide. So you've had enough of our Jace, is that right? Ruby Sue asked. Okay, so that's how she and the woman who looked like the old lady from the Tweety cartoons were going to do it. No worries. Arya could take it. If she could deal with sports agents' egos all day while keeping an office of 200 running, then she could take an interrogation from the owner of a local diner, making sure to keep just enough in her tone to end the conversation without being straight-up rude, Arya said. I'm afraid we rushed into things without proper consideration. The other woman looked at Jace who was standing close enough to Arya that she was literally in his shadow, and gave him a slow up and down before turning her attention back to Arya. Is it because he's not making baseball money anymore? Roby Sue, Jace said, taking a half step forward, so he stood partially between Arya and the older woman. That's not, it's okay. Arya reached out and, acting on instinct, took his hand to reassure him. Most people are thinking it. Lord knew everyone in her orbit had said it, some even to her face. Too many people looked at her, a single woman alone in the world, and only saw someone flailing for a sense of security in the form of a man with a bank account. And the answer is no. I have my own career and don't need anyone else's money to keep me afloat. Ruby Sue nodded and dropped her volume a few notches. Is he bad in bed? Arya was seriously reconsidering her life choices, especially the one where she'd decided to come to salvation in the first place. This is why God had invented lawyers even if her soon-to-be ex always managed to charm or avoid them. Heat beating her cheeks pink, she glanced down at her and Jace's joined hands, trying to remember when he'd taken her hand. 
No, miss, no self-control around this man. That had been you who'd grabbed his hand. No, personal chemistry wasn't a problem. Had she just said that, out loud, in front of Jace? Oh, God, she had. They had earthquakes in Virginia, right? It had happened once or twice that she could recall. Right now would be an awesome time for number three. Then what was it? Ruby Sue asked. In salvation, we like to know a little bit about what makes each other tick. I won't be staying long enough for it to matter. That was for damn sure. She'd be leaving nothing but squealing tires and the smell of burning rubber hanging in the air when she finally got out of this weird little town. I just need to stay long enough for Jace to sign the papers, and then it's back to the city for me. I see, Ruby Sue said, as she picked up her tea the size of a big gulp from the table and then took a drink. When you're on your way home, be sure to stop by the kitchen sink and pick up a pie to take home with you, so all your city friends can see what they're missing. Speaking of which, she turned her attention to Jace. I need a favor. I know you were taking all of your fantasy campers to the Sweet Salvation Brewery this afternoon so they could enjoy some local flavor while watching baseball on a big screen since it's fixing to storm and all. But would you mind stopping by my cabin out by the lake to pick up the pecans I've been storing out there? Yes, ma'am, he said. Glad her part in this interrogation by grandmotherly type who probably knew exactly how to shiv someone so no one would ever find the wound. Arya took a tentative step back, with every intent to offer a quick, nice to meet you, and then to get the hell away from Ruby Sue before she admitted to something she shouldn't. Like that sex with Jace hadn't just been okay, it had been phenomenal. Like that she'd kept that old baseball hat of his on her pillow since he'd been gone. Hell, like that she still considered the right half of the bed his side. All that from only a few weeks of living together. If she'd waited another couple weeks before asking him to go, she wasn't sure she would have been able to say the words. And there was nothing scarier than that. Not even an old lady looking at her as if she'd just missed something important. And you'll go with him to make sure he doesn't eat them all. Ruby Sue asked her, her tone making it clear that it wasn't a question at all. Last time I sent him for my pecans, he ate most of them. I was 13 when that happened, and I accidentally spilled the bag into the lake before I could eat any. Plus, I paid for the bag, Chase said, looking about as guilty as he probably had when he'd gotten caught all those years ago. Sure, Arya said trying too hard not to laugh out loud at the caught-with-his-hands-in-the-nut-bag expression on Jace's face to think through her words. I'm happy to help. Thank you. Now I have to get back to the diner. Ruby Sue got up from her lawn chair and looked around. Where's that HUD? I need to have a word with him before I go. Before they could answer, she was striding across the field, moving faster than Arya had expected of someone her age. Once she disappeared into the hall leading from the dugout to the locker room, 
Arya turned to Jace, who looked too pleased by half. Her internal oh shit a meter clanging out a you're in danger girl warning. She crossed her arms and glared at the man who'd sweet talked her, a woman who hated spontaneity the way some people despised avocado ice cream into a quickie wedding. I promised I'd do this, but don't even think of pulling any bullshit like running out of gas or your car breaking down. He made an X over his heart with a fingertip. The thought never crossed my mind. Uh Uh-huh, she didn't believe that for a second. The man was definitely up to something. Okay, we're back. Hello. Oh, so I wonder how many installments they got today. It was probably a lot. Probably two. <laughs> probably two, I would say. I usually, yeah. Okay, so, because I think this book was five chapters. So, yeah. like, she did it for chapter per Not day. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's getting, they're going to get two. So, listen, she's, Avery Flynn is giving away a box of signed books and swag. So, head to readmeromance.com, find the current audiobook, uh, which is Balls Out, and enter the giveaway. That's awesome. Hollywood on Tap is a really great book by Avery Flynn. It takes place in the same world as Balls Out, and it's 99 cents. Would you like to, me to read the blurb? Because that's really cute. Yes. Okay, so this is Hollywood on Tap by Avery Flynn. It's 99 cents. Uh, for years, Sean O'Dell has hidden his past as a Hollywood heartthrob from everyone at the Sweet Salvation Brewery. However, the arrival of nosy efficiency expert Natalie Sweet threatens the status quo. It doesn't help that with her glasses, buttoned up sweaters, and always pulled back hair, that she's uncovered one secret already, his attraction for hot librarian types. (laughs) Natalie has had enough of the strong and silent Sean submarining her efforts to change the brewery for the better. She's ready to do whatever it takes to make her vision a reality, even if that means taking down the pig-headed and too-hot-for-his-own-good brewmaster. Sizzling attraction battles stubborn determination as Natalie and Sean go head-to-head in a battle that's anything but business as usual. Ooh. Ooh, sexy. So, enemies to lovers. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, also, Avery Flynn right now has a book. It's a new release called Parental Guidance, where um, a hockey player basically puts his parents in charge of his dating app. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which is Can you imagine what amazing. your parents would I know. I was just thinking oh, that. My like, oh, my God. What your but parents would choose for you? That premise is just fantastic, though. Oh. Like, I, it's God. so good. I'm, like, horrified now. Like, what would they pick? Oh, God. <laughs> I'd be dating a pastor, like, faster than I could blink. <laughs> They'd be like, save her. <laughs> like, bringing a priest Your in holy water. Your are so confusing, because sometimes you're like, they're uptight, but they're hippies. They're, I'm like, I don't understand. I know. I don't either. <laughs> they're health fanatics. And they smoke yeah. a lot of pot. It's hard to you smoke, yeah, <laughs> pot smoking he- uh, health fanatics, but also um, super religious. Super well, they say we're not religious; we just have a relationship with God. Which I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> like you know what I'm saying by religious, you know, like uh, um, okay, right, enough of that. What was I gonna say? Oh, uh, Mel, you wanted to talk about the Pretty Woman series? Um, yes. So all of the books in the Pretty series should be out. It is, um, we've been talking about it for a few weeks with Ruby Dixon, Jessica Kane, Ella Goody, Alexa Riley, and 
Katie Wilde. Mm-hmm. I forget everybody's name. It's too many, <laughs> it's too many so of these. all of those books should be out at this point. And now I'm trying to wrangle everybody back in. All of them are racks of riches. So I think some did rich guy, poor girl, or poor girl, rich guy, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try and now wrangle everybody into doing a Christmas one. Oh, yeah. I know. Now that that's over. <laughs> I'm like, this one's done. Now i got to email everybody and see if I can get the whole group to do Christmas ones now. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be hard to twist their arms. And how has the, like, success of the books been? Has everybody been, like, how have they done? How's the series done? I think fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... I just- Oh, I said this time I want to release all at the same time. Oh, okay. So if we do the Christmas ones, I want to do all at once. Yeah, that would like, be fun. Like all of them release five books in one day. That would be wonderful. I could binge five Christmas books And then they would just be like all over the place. I love Christmas romances. They're my favorite. I never read them. Oh my God, what's what? wrong with you? That's the best part about writing romance. I know. So write Christmas romances. We start like wiggling in our seats. Oh my god! Come October, I know. We're like, October. We're getting excited. We're like, yep, yep, yep. It's Christmas romance. <laughs> like it's our favorite season. Wait. Also, out today is married to the married in the mountains. You guys. Oh my oh, it god! Came out the other day. Yes, yes. that's Your book so is good. Out. I'm so excited for people to read that to finally have it out. And then, like, not write these anymore for a while because it's like we're we're writing like four of them back to back, and so we're writing the last two right now. So we've got to like push to get these done so that people will get them on time. <laughs> so there's a lot of pressure, people. Is what I'm saying. And Leah and I get sloppy in the summer. And we're like, yeah. I don't want to do anything. I know. It's hot <laughs> out. The kids, are, for the kids are swimming. So, yeah. All right, guys. We'll be back on Friday with more Balls Out by Avery Flynn. And in the meantime, check out all the check out the episode description for all the for all the links about the books we've talked about today. And also follow us on Instagram at ReadMeRomance. Um, rate, review, and subscribe to keep the podcast going. Uh, Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me.